Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Alex Wolf breaks out in a big way with Jumanji and Hereditary. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back after, yes, a holiday week off. Hope you all had a great July 4th. I'm back and Alex Wolf is back. Well, he's not back. He's here for the first time, actually. Uh, first time guest on Happy, Sad, Confused. Always love welcoming a fellow New Yorker. Yes, people can be raised in New York City and not be feral, wild animals. I am proof of that. Alex Wolf is proof of that. Our buddy Timothy Chalamet, Nat Wolf. There, see, that's like at least five. The rest of them, they're feral animals. Uh, no, it was a joy to have Alex Wolf in uh, in the podcast studio, aka my office, talking all things uh, Hereditary, which, if you haven't um, figured it out yet, is definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, came out a few weeks back. It is still in theaters. It's going to be in theaters, I think, for a while because it's one of those films that. Is, uh, is spreading, I think, via word of mouth. Um, it's got great critical praise, justifiably so. Definitely one of my favorites of the year. Um, for those that don't know, it's a kind of a psychological horror thriller drama. Uh, it certainly escalates as the film goes. It stars Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex Wolf, And... Um, you know, the less said, the better. If you haven't heard the story yet, I don't want to ruin it, and we, we certainly don't spoil anything in this podcast. But basically, it's it's kind of a family drama, um, wherein a uh, uh, the matriarch of a family dies even before the opening credits, and then this family is dealing with the grief and loss of that and other things, and it just kind of snowballs from there, and it it gets pretty intense and pretty horrific, um, and it stars Tony Collette, who was on the podcast a few weeks back. You should listen to that if you haven't already, and also Alex Wolf, who has a, a, an amazing performance in it, and I frankly haven't seen Alex in much yet. I know him primarily through his brother, Nat, who I've gotten to know quite a bit over the last few years. Um, you know, Nat's been a, a very busy actor and things like Fault in Our Stars. Uh, and it, it was a joy to kind of sort of see him kind of start to explode onto the scene. And now there's the younger wolf and he's making his own path and, and charting his own course and good for him. Uh, he has a lot going on. He also starred in Jumanji uh, as kind of the, the younger, different avatar turned into Dwayne Johnson in that ginormous hit. You might have seen him in that. Or you might know him for the Naked Brothers Band. Him and Nat were very successful musicians, actors on a TV show and a film uh, and an actual band called the Naked Brothers Band, which, look, I'm 97 years old. It wasn't necessarily made for me, but I know had a, quite a following. So uh, both Nat and Alex have kind of morphed their careers in different ways. Music is still close to their hearts, but acting... Uh, and acting opportunities are coming um, at them with a increased um, frequency and, and greater opportunities. And, and it's just exciting to sort of see each of them uh, get new, exciting opportunities. And Hereditary was one that he made the most of. So really thrilled to welcome uh, Alex Wolf onto the, onto the show and to welcome a fellow film geek. You guys know I always love talking to fellow film nerds, and he certainly is one, and he, he proved his stuff in this conversation. So I hope you enjoy that this chat. Um, as, as you hear this probably by now, I am um, hopefully, if all goes according to plan, um, covering the new Mission Impossible film. Mission Impossible Fallout is having its world premiere in Paris. 
that's where I am. Uh, hopefully, as you hear this, <laughs> talking to all the stars, talking to Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, oh, look, all these people that have been on the podcast, uh, and Henry Cavill. Um, so, I, I, God, I love the Mission Impossible films. So, hopefully, it is as good as the rest, if not better. I will report back on the next podcast to let you know how the... Uh, how the premiere went, how the film is, how the interviews were, um, and make sure to check out. I'll, I'll post all that stuff on, on my uh, my Twitter and Instagram, uh, Joshua Horowitz. Anyway, that's what I'm, I'm up to. I hope you guys are having a great summer, staying away from the heat. It is 150 degrees here in New York, so turn up that AC and enjoy this conversation with Alex Wolf. Remember to rate, subscribe, review. Wow, usually I say rate, review, and subscribe. It sounded totally different when I mixed up the order. Um, but uh, spread the good word of Happy, Sad, Confused. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Alex Wolf. Well, it's a slow holiday week, but it's not slow anymore because the one and only Alex Wolf has entered my, right. my office. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great now that you put my name in big letters on the whiteboard. We start off, well, we've been through a lot already, let's be honest. In the, in the three we minutes the you've been here, we learned how to use the coffee machine at MTV, yeah. which I've never used before. Not yeah, it's actually fairly easy. <laughs> well, I didn't know. No, but it was. I didn't know it'd be that easy. Usually, I have trouble with coffee machines, but this is very easy. You and I, and that was a bonding experience. I feel yeah, like it was. And then uh, you saw the famous. It's been talked about many times on this podcast. The famous New York City board, and you were. And I didn't. I was didn't like my placement, so we moved it to <laughs> under Harvey Keitel in, in big, the biggest in big letters. I, I am definitely the biggest, the biggest man on next, the board. Yeah, there's John Lithgow as almost as big. How do you say his name? You said Lithgow? John Lithgow. John Lithgow? Lithgow? Go? Lithgow? I think it's Lithgow. Lithgow? Lithgow? Gow? Wow, that's news to me. Oh my God, you have a giant ET thing in here. I do. There's a lot in here, man. Um, it's awesome. It's good to see you, man. It's Welcome aboard. Uh, a lot Thank going you. on in your life. How's the summer treating you? Summer's treating me well. You know, it's been kind of crazy, a little busy, but. In yeah. a good way, it seems like. Yeah. In a really good way. You're uh, so we, we we have hereditary, which we're going to cover. Which yeah, is, I'm obsessed with Tony. Was on the podcast a few weeks back. Um, unbelievable. Uh, you are still basking in the glow of all Jumanji ness. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you make a billion dollars, you can bask in that for a little while, right? Just for a little bit, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you're busy uh, editing a film. Yeah, which is um, crazy. Yeah, we're 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 like done. We're like picture lock now, and we uh, we'll be color correcting this next week. Um, so I can't change it anymore. So that's it. That's the movie. It's been, it's been taken away from exactly. You. It's in stone. Um, we'll get to that. That's 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 an exciting development because you uh, directed it. You wrote it too, I believe. Right? Wrote it, directed, and starred in it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so we're taping this uh, the day after July Fourth. What are the are there are there Wolf uh, family July Fourth traditions? Is it a big holiday? Nat and I weren't together. It's not a huge holiday. I mean, um, especially with those guys, our president. But um, we, I, my brother was in L.A. I was in New York. Um, I didn't really have any big plans, um, but I sort of invited a few friends, and a few friends invited a few friends, and soon enough, like I was just kicking people out of my house. There was way too many people at right. my house, and I was like, "This has got to stop." <laughs> I, I so I just kicked everybody out. Are you that guy? Are you the guy that that brings people together? Are you the the yes. hostess with the mostest? Oh yeah, really? A hundred percent. Yeah, 
Okay. Bring everybody together. Yeah. I think anybody would say that. I'm like, I like get everybody to be like. Not me. I would not say was, that. Yeah, I, I guess. Other than you, <laughs> someone who doesn't know how to work the Social coffee machine at your own place. Uh, help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that like I'll bring friends who wouldn't normally be together together. Right. And I'm just like, like last night at the party, there were a bunch of people who didn't know each other. So I would make everybody talk to someone they didn't know. Oh so friend gosh. groups wouldn't just be like. So I'm like a bully. I'm like a social. Um, no, it's a good thing. You're it's forcing like contact, bully. which can uh, great things can come of that, or right. horrible things, frankly, too. Yeah, I get people out of their shell, which could be interpreted as a bully, like a good bully, <laughs> a helpful bully, like a self-help bully. I like to. I feel like I like to separate uh, groups. I like to. I don't like you know different sides of family to intermix. I don't like. I, I just like everybody just to keep to their corners, no friction. You barely. I don't even want you to know each other. Interesting. That's a different very tactic. interesting. I think that's a tactic that isn't a good one. <laughs> <laughs> As I said it out loud, it sounded it sounded horrible. kind it sounded, of horrible. It sounded actually like sounded a little like, like a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounded a little. Yeah. I'm gonna take it back. I, everybody should hang out together. I'm like, no, everybody should stay with people of their own kind. Like what? <laughs> That yeah, sounds that, horrible. That, yeah, no, I I I, I uh, definitely feel the opposite way. Um, I I'm always a sucker for bringing uh, New Yorkers in. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm born and raised New Yorker myself. Uh, I think it's why I gravitate towards the. I mean, you know, where'd you go to school? I so I'm ninety thousand years old. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Like okay. my school has been like decimated three hundred years ago. Okay. But uh, I was a public school kid. I grew up in the Upper West Side. Cool. Uh, and then I like did, one of the PS. Yes, like, PS eighty seven. Yeah. Then I was forty four on the Upper West. Nice. And then I did. I did actually go to Stuyvesant for a year and then Dalton. So I did do private. Oh the last wow, few years. Dalton. Yikes. I Daltoned it up. Yeah. Did you love Dalton? Did you no, like it? No, 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 no. No one likes Dalton. No, no. I, it was fine. I was just, it was also weird because I came in as a sophomore and those kids all knew each other since they were in kindergarten. Right. So ooh, I was odd ooh, man out. Terrible. From the start. That's a nightmare. So what Absolute was, nightmare. what was your schooling situation? Did you do the homeschooling? I went to real school. You, no, I went to, um, I went to real school. Then. Was it called real school? Or was um, it? it was called real school. It was called uh, <laughs> real school Inc. Actually. No, I went to a um, place called Friends Seminary. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I got on Naked Brothers Band and when Naked Brothers Band kind of took off, it became harder to do that. So I went to a school called, but I didn't want to do homeschooling. Me and my brother were like, no, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. So we um, went to my brother first. Uh, and then I came a year later to a school called PCS. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Children's School. Yeah, they're amazing. It's like literally just a real school. But um but you can miss school for doing professional stuff, you know? So it, it's the ideal situation. And it's not like fame or something. It's not like, um, they're not teaching you the craft. No, exactly. They're just, they're just making allowances yeah. to make sure you can live a normal life. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. And, I think it was, they was, help you. They like Claire Dane's way back when yep. go there. Claire right? went there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson went there and some people went there to name drop a few. But one thing that is very funny is when they do school plays, they are basically Broadway <laughs> right. musicals. I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember seeing Our Town with the high school when I was like in eighth grade or something. I was like, this is like the this best thing revelatory. I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the like the alumni like uh, group meetings for that could be like uh, you could go straight to Broadway. Oh, 100 percent. No, it's it really the place. Even the seventh grade plays like Legally Blonde. I, well, so Millie Shapiro, yeah, who's in Hereditary, went to PCS. Oh, no so, kidding. Okay. Yeah, so I knew her and I saw her in a play and I was like, that girl's unbelievable. Like unbelievable singer and actress. 
And then, you know, and then she's it all my came sister. Together. She's amazing in the film, too. But, Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, but I also feel like, because uh, I don't know about you, when I encounter people out in the wild, especially outside of New York, or even in New York, when they find out that I grew up in the city, they look at me like I'm some kind of, like, feral beast. Like, how did you, how do you even, <laughs> you, like... You grew up in the city? Yeah, you grew up. Oh, no, no, but, but I'm saying, like, where did you live? And I'm like, <laughs> in the city. Yeah. In, in on, the street, on the streets of Manhattan? Wow. What? Like, underneath, like, a bridge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think people understand. I think it's... But I loved it. I mean, I, I, I think it's the best. Oh, yeah. There's, I don't think you could do it any other way. I was surrounded by every type of you, ethnicity person. I got punched in the face on the subway. Like I got, I come that's on. all this past week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just feel like I've been really exposed to the world. That's what I always say too. Yeah, it's that you you are forcibly colliding with every segment of society in a 100%. great way. I mean, even if you, frankly, even if you grow up with means in New York, it's just the nature of the city. It's like you can't walk around in like a bubble in New York. Right. You're, you're going to go into the subway and get dirty and Absolutely. meet every kind of person. You have to. Um, were you, so we, your parents, uh, obviously, mom, an actress, uh, among other things, dad, a musician, among other things. Were they, were they, how did they end up in New York? Do you even know? Yeah, I know that they were in L.A. Yeah. And um, my mom went to do a play in New York and came here and just stayed here. Um, and we still kind of go back and forth okay. uh, between L.A. and New York. Like my parents have a place in L.A. Um but I have a place here in New York, so I, I mostly stay here in mm-hmm. New York. Um, but you know, it's we're kind. I'd say we we're kind of bicoastal, but I'm I'm mostly a New Yorker, Got and, it. and I avoid LA at all costs. <laughs> Do you drive? Um, no, no, absolutely not. Do you have a I drive in movies, and I almost always kill someone. <laughs> I don't have but, a license, and I'm twice your age, so don't worry. Yeah, no, we grew up in New York. Why would we have a license? Like, there's just absolutely no reason to. <laughs> totally. So, um, where to begin? Okay, well, there's a lot to talk about. So, because um, I, I feel like I, it's funny because I've done a lot with Nat over the last few years, so I feel like I know you in proximity. I'm like, right. I, you know, I know of you, and I've started, and now I've started to talk to you a little bit. I saw you at the Jumanji premiere, so. Part of me just wants to make Nat jealous by having you on the podcast first. Love it. Yeah, so I hope, I hope that's accomplished. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, the age difference between you guys is what, like three years? Three years, yeah. Got it. So when did, that, years older. When did that start to like collapse? Because you're now at the age where like that probably doesn't matter as much. Like, but when you're right. like four and seven or 10 and 13, right. it feels like a chasm. Well, it always is a little bit different because of the, the movie roles we do are always age-wise different. I mean, yeah. it's not like, yeah, there's not many things where we're overlapping in age because he's three years older yeah. and the difference between someone who's 23 and 20 can be decent. That can be a decent difference, but yeah. no, I mean, it doesn't matter. And honestly, it, it, it probably stopped mattering when we were teenagers, you know, right. it stopped to actually, no, no, because in school it did matter that I was in ninth grade and he was in 12th. Yeah. The 12th graders don't want to hang out with the ninth graders. Yeah. So actually speaking. probably after I graduated high school is right. when it was just like, you know, who cares? Well, no, it is interesting though. Actually, I didn't even, didn't even occur to me until you mentioned it because like now you're entering a stage where you could conceivably be up for the same roles. Like that age difference isn't that huge anymore. And the difference between like a 25 year old and a 22 year old is negligible. Right. Has that happened yet? Is that something that's going to be odd? Very rarely. Okay. I'm very rarely. It actually doesn't happen very often. It's yeah. happened a few times. Um, but I, I, it's, I don't know. I mean, we kind of, we look very different just in our ethnicities kind of, I look like I'm from like a different country. Um, but you know, we're just very different actors, even though I'm, I'm feeling like I'm always kind of just looking to see what Nat's doing to be inspired and, and yeah. copied as much as possible. But it, we're just very, very different. So it doesn't happen very often, right. like at all. But, um, 
it occasionally will and it's always we're com- so much less competitive with each other than like I don't know other actors like right. you know we're we're like we're we're just kind of excited for each other and and since this past you know whatever two years has been pretty nuts for me Nat's just been like you know super excited and yeah so the, do you guys talk about industry acting all of the above like not really really not not that much I mean we're in a band together so right. I mean we talk about like movies and yeah and we talk about the creative part of movies and whatever but it, it's boring to talk about just career stuff just right. who cares like right. but um yeah I guess we we talk about music we talk about you know girls <laughs> talk about crushes chicks, chicks. <laughs> guy stuff we talk Baseball. about the state of Israel and Palestine <laughs> right. guy stuff <laughs> guy stuff <laughs> Classic custom. <laughs> um, uh, so we, let's talk about uh, movie sensibilities because that's well, that's always an important part of someone's uh, DNA as far as I'm concerned. You already made fun of my Dune poster. I get it. Yeah. It's okay. Most people hate the original Dune movie. Yes. I was a young boy when Dune came out. It, it had a formative effect on no, me. It's just funny that like I walk in and the like posters you have are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Color of Money, Back to the Future, and Dune. It's, well, it's like the it's the '80s. It's my '80s walls. So you grew up in the '80s? Yeah. How old are you? Jesus Christ! I'm old. You look like you're like 23. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm 42, man. No, you're not. I swear to God. No, you're not. Yeah. I'll show you my. I, I was gonna say birth certificate. You're not 42. I am 42. So no, you're not. I love this part of the conversation. I am. I, I swear to God. Are you really God. 42? Yeah. Okay, for the record, Alex is having like a moment. This is You're very sweet. 42? I bathe in oil belay every morning for three hours. Dude, what? That is crazy. Look. You look literally like if you told me you were 25. I believe it. <laughs> That's very sweet. Man. Wow. So let's wow. tell. Yeah, I'm not just like an 80s fetishist. I'm not like, yeah. must live in the 80s. <laughs> no, that is that is nuts. <laughs> um, but let's talk about y- your sensibilities growing up. Like, what was yeah. the what were the movies that rocked your world? Because one of the fun things is like something like Hereditary is going to rock the world of yeah. like the 15 year old that like gets in sees their first like R rated movie or whatever. It's gonna fuck them up. Yeah, I think it's gonna <laughs> rock the world of like 30s and 40s year olds, yeah. and it's gonna ruin. In the lives of the 15 year olds <laughs> yeah. to the 20 year olds. It's only traumatized the, the eight year old yeah. that snuck in. <laughs> yeah. No, the eight year old who walks in, oh, he's, that's oh, over. he's over. He's, over. Going, he's going to military. <laughs> he's going to the military. It's done. Yeah. Um, um, what were the ones that, that, when you think back to growing up, what were the ones that really rocked your world as a kid? It's funny. I was just thinking about this. The movie that probably rocked my world the most was Stand By Me. Yeah. Um, Stand By Me when I was a kid. Because I saw it when I was a kid and I was like, that is, that's what it is. That's yeah. just the shit. Like, that's the best it can get. Just these kids. And I just remember thinking that that was just. So I loved, I loved Stand By Me. I loved The Goonies. I loved, um, I was really, I was into Annie Hall when I was pretty young um, through my brother. And, uh, you know, I always loved the Harry Potter movies. I mean, this is when I was really young. Were you like going to like the, the bookstore when the new ones came out? Were you that age? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was right for no, that. No, I was psyched. I was psyched up about the Harry Potter movies. I remember just being, just freaking out about them <laughs> every time they came out. I, so I love the Harry Potter movies, but no, I watched, oh, Airplane. I loved Airplane when I was a little kid. Genius. I loved Airplane. Yeah. Um, I saw One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest when I was really young. And I remember not really just being disturbed by it, but, but being really moved by it. Yeah. And, and yeah. There, yeah, there are a few that, yeah, because yeah, I remember, look, as you can tell, I'm a film geek. Like, it's always like that first 
time that you start to like notice the filmmaker, the director, and then you yeah. start to like go down like that, that path. And like, you know, you see the Godfather and you're like, wait, I need to see everything this guy ever directed. Oh yeah. And same thing like Mila Schwarman for, for yeah. the Cuckoo's Nest. Like those guys. Like Ooh, that's Amadeus what, also. Amadeus, Amadeus is, is an amazing movie. Actually that movie. I saw really young. I saw that when I was like five or six it's a gr- and that movie formed Kind of a me. perfect movie. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, perfect three hour movie. Well, it is kind of, yeah. it, but it's kind of, it kind of. You're right because I saw that as a, at a pretty young age too, and it's shockingly like entertaining. No, yeah, it's not boring. It's interesting. It's three hours, but it's not boring at all. Yeah, at all. Because um, he's kind of like a rock star. Um, yeah, he is. So, uh, but it's interesting because like, so was your like, were you you know obviously Naked Brothers Band is something that you got involved in quite young. So like, were you on like, what are your first memories of like being? on a set like mm-hmm. is it being on your own set is it being on mom's set like what's the what was your first understanding of like the the machinations of making art making this stuff yeah it's interesting i mean i i, I feel like i was a little bit protected from looking at it like making a you know it was sort of about just having fun with my friends and mm-hmm. My mom did this really amazing thing because she was, you know, she directed Naked Brothers Band and all that. She did this amazing thing where she kind of just was quietly filming us, you know, being sneaky about it almost, Mm -hmm. you know. And she'd be like, okay, okay, just move a little bit. Okay, great. And just keep talking. Mm -hmm. You know, she'd make it. So this thing didn't feel like, it just felt like I had to position myself a little differently and then hang out with my friends. Or like, you know, I had to do this weird makeup on my face, but I could just hang out with my friends. Right. And she wasn't making you do things you wouldn't want to do anyway. It was just sort of like adding a slight 10% of artifice around it. Yeah. Except one time, except one time, uh, like one of the first episodes of Naked Brothers Band. This makes my mom look awful. My mom is great <laughs> on the whole show and she's amazing. But one episode when the network was first there and they were like kind of scoping us out, it was like our first episode, a basketball had to hit my head and I was being kind of a diva. And I was, I was like, I don't want it to hit my head. I don't want it to hit my mom. I was like, come on, toughen up. You know, you'll be fine. She's like, look. And she grabs the basketball <laughs> and throws it at my head and I just start crying. And I just start like hysterically crying. The network's like this crazy woman. She's like, "Okay, great, let's start rolling." And just like, <laughs> it's the only way I can get it to work. Trust me, <laughs> it's hilarious. Just see what I do to Nat. Yeah, it's exactly. all good. <laughs> yeah. So, how old were you when the the camera started to roll on, on Naked Brothers? Six. Band? On that movie, first movie was I was six, and then the show I did when I was eight. Crazy. So I had two years to go to the actor's studio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Lofsky, the whole thing. Exactly. Um, but did, did your mom teach you a little bit about acting? Like, was that at that point, was it too young to like teach you stuff? Or like, at what point do you, can you start to get technique as a kid? Well, my mom, and it's not very cool. Like, it's not cool to say that your mom, whatever, but it's the truth. Like, my mom taught me everything I know about everything, really. I mean, my mom taught me everything I know about acting, whatever, but she really tried to keep us away from, like, I remember I started working with an acting coach really young, because, mm. you know, the network was like, well, why don't they work with an acting coach? And she stopped me from working with an acting coach. She was like, you know, and she said, you know, later on, you'll find someone who's great as an acting coach or whatever, but right now, I, I you know, I see you developing habits or stuff, you know, and I want you to just be free and it was really important for me as a kid to to be like that it was really important for me to and, and I feel like my whole career has been trying to tap into that freedom I had as a kid you know right um, well for any actor that's what it is it's about sort of like capturing that like 
it sounds cliched and kind of silly, like high fluid, but like that innocence, that rawness, yeah. it's like about stripping away. Like, yeah, you can, you can learn all the technique you want, but in the end it's all, it's ironically about kind of stripping all that away. Oh, so yeah. you feel like, like it's just bare and you're not seeing anything on the yeah. screen except a human being. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's not a huge difference between me crying about the basketball hitting my head on Egger Brothers Band and me having the panic attack on the bleachers in Hereditary. I right. mean, it's the same gut reaction thing. And you know, I don't know what I don't know what training really even means, but I just know that that shit is hard to do no matter what. Yeah. So how do you get? How do you uh, starting to get into a little bit of hereditary stuff? Um, thanks for the segue. What <laughs> accidental he's segue? No, he's, 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 you're a pro clearly. Um, but like you, you go to some super intense places. All the actors do, but you, you know, you in particular, even um, there's like a series of scenes that are uh, just as extreme as you can get. Um, how tough was it to kind of go to those heights and, and, and did you feel like you were out on a limb or did you feel like, you know, you were in safe hands, you were with a first time filmmaker? Give me a sense. Yeah. I mean, um, it was a breeze, man. No, (laughs) no, it was really hard. Every day was like the hardest day I've had ever. Um, and I really think Ari is responsible for me feeling that safe because I mean, I don't really care if, your first time director or if you're a seasoned director, if you don't feel safe, you're not going to be able to just do what I did in this movie. And I think Ari is a genius and I think he gets a lot of credit for how brilliant he is with camera movement, how brilliant he is with his script, how brilliant he is with just, you know, blocking and staging and how amazing that all is. But really while he's doing all that, he is so intimate with actors and he cares so much about performance and he, he really is like, he really reminds me of when you hear people talk about Sidney Lumet or young Martin Scorsese yeah. or young, you know, Milos Forman or just all the guys. He just, he's one of the guys or Paul Thomas Anderson. Like he's one of the guys just wait. Like he's one of those dudes. So yeah, for me, I mean, I, I was just, I was a disaster a little bit emotionally and I had to just bring myself there. I was like a controlled disaster. We both just decided we were going to kamikaze the plane right into the ground together. And I think we both did. And I think we both went through something yeah. and it was cathartic and it was hard and it was whatever, but it was also great and it was good. And it was, um, and I think you can see in the movie that I think we both really went through it. I mean, we really did go through that whole thing yeah. and, um, Yeah. I, I'm totally on board with everything you're saying about Ari. I mean, just as a as a as a first time feature filmmaker, like I'm just I'm always attracted to like a confidence behind the camera, and just like he just shows like, maybe unjustifiably for a first time feature filmmaker, but like he like knows what he wants. Yeah, it's frustrating for the rest of right humanity. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's also you know there must be also a learning and inspiration from seeing someone like Tony Collette. Um, acting opposite you in some of these super extreme moments um because she's going for broke too and like you know this is one of our great actors um so i guess when you see her like pushing herself and and being being willing to put herself out there and you know what could be embarrassing or silly if done wrong or in the wrong hands like when you see her do it like oh if if she's willing to go there i better fucking go there too right 
I mean, uh, I think kind of everybody did that. I yeah. mean, um, Millie and Gabriel also just you know yeah. really threw themselves out there, and I think it was a it was sort of a whole everybody put themselves on the line for yeah. this movie, and I think that you know I was inspired by every single person just putting themselves out there. It was really amazing. Are, are you spending as much time like the summer like going to as many theaters as possible, seeing this with an audience? <laughs> I actually haven't seen it at all, and it sucks really? that I haven't done that. I know I should, but you apparently should. it's still sold out every screening apparently or at night because all my friends have gone to see it like last week someone said that it was sold out so i'm, I'm still gonna try and go see a sold out screening but it's, just hear everybody scream and i've seen the movie twice and that was more than enough i mean like it it just it's just watching myself just get the shit kicked out of me <laughs> so it's just like you know, see i enjoy that i want to see me, the shit kicked out of well you. then just go see any of my movies in the past two <laughs> That's years your thing. exactly <laughs> Um, but no, it's, I, I can tell it's permeated the culture and it started to go somewhere where my parents went to see it. And this is not a That's film awesome. that my parents would ever see. Yeah. And they were just hearing about it. And not even from parents. me. Um, but it, and it is an experience. Like the first time I saw it, I was telling Tony this, like I've been hearing the buzz about this. I missed it at, it was at Sundance, right? Yeah. yeah I missed, I missed it at Sundance. Me too. But, um, like by the time I got to a critic screening of it, every critic in the screening, like looked at each other before the screening started and they were like, are we going to be okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, are, are we in this together? Cause will you hold my hand. Cause I don't know if, I, and sure enough, like the last, like but the last 20 minutes, I was like a wreck, but I know. In, in a great way. Like, I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's one of my favorite film going experiences in a while. Uh, it's, That's awesome. it's pretty great, man. Yeah. It's, um, so bouncing around. Oh, here's something I want to mention. I didn't even realize this at the time, but so you mentioned Gabriel Byrne. Um, you were on, on In Treatment, yeah. which is a great show. Yeah, it is a, a great show. Great show. Uh, ran a few se- uh, seasons. Some great actors came out of that. Mia Wasikowska was on it. Yeah. Um, so um, whatever. Uh, what's his name? Um, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was your experience like? On that, um, yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting. And Gabriel was my serious mentor on that show, and yeah. he was like, um, he, I told him, I was like, you met me at two very critical points in my life, and guided me, were my guiding light through two very important emotional times in my life. And I remember Naked Brothers Band was over, and. Right. I didn't really know, you know, what I was doing. And I remember being in the city and, and, and I sort of had, there's a big jump between 11 and 12 and nobody tells you that, <laughs> you know, because you're not taken seriously, but for all the 12 year olds out there listening to this, <laughs> 11 to 12 to 13 is probably the biggest like cataclysmic shift right. that you could have. And I remember being, and throw in the end of a, a job like Naked Brothers Band. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, what the hell is going on? And I remember just really changing as a person and and I then so then I got in treatment this you know about this messed up kid yeah. who doesn't want to live with his dad his divorced parents and that was the first time I'd ever done anything really emotional and serious and Gabriel was there for me and um and he said you know he went into my trailer when I was 12 and he said listen to me you're going to be a movie star. I'm telling you right now. And then I brought that up in hereditary I said you know that's like been my guiding that's been like my mantra you know it's been and he was like I never said that. And I was like, yeah, you did. You said that to me when I was 12. I and he was like, he's like, I never said that. I don't believe in that. You know, he's like, he's like, I think you've gotten to be a really better actor, but I would never say you're going to be a star. I'm like, well, then Gabriel, <laughs> God damn it. Then it's like in Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights right. when his dad's like, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. And then he's like, I never said that. There's second, there's third, there's fourth. 
So yeah, Gabriel Amazing. did that to me. Was that one of those shows? I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I saw it, but like I remember it was it was occurring to me because they were almost like plays, like the yeah. vo- the volumes of dialogue. Yeah. Like like was it tough for how old were you then? Like fifteen or something? Or twelve? Oh, you were twelve. So this is the twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you like memorize those volumes of words at twelve? Or maybe maybe it's easier. Well, I wasn't in a session. I wasn't in the session, so I was his son outside. So it it wasn't like that crazy. But um, I've been I learned how to read while memorizing, basically, (laughs) because I I mean I could read at five, but like when I was six, I was memorizing dialogue. So you know there were words that I was memorizing that I'd never read before. So right now when I like read stuff, I pretty much have a photographic memory because when I was little, I just would, you know, so memorizing is not difficult for me at all. It's a good skill to have. It's pretty, it's pretty good for our, for your industry in particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) Well, honestly, that's like the thing I've said before, but like when I see like a play, like it's not about even the acting. I'm like, how did they memorize all this dialogue. I, like, I, that's like, if you're thinking that during the play, then that is a bad play. If you're thinking about it. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm, yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Um, so that was tough actually with my play. I did a few months ago. That was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Memorizing all the dialogue. Um, so how do you look back? How many years was naked brothers band at this? Uh, so I'm 20. I did it at six. I mean, you do the math. That's probably so five years, six to 11. You said, Oh, 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 no. Yeah, so I did from, yeah, I did Naked Brothers Band from 6 to 10. Yeah. But I thought you said how many years since I started. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. So it's the, the run of the of the movie and then the TV show. I was curious about Yeah, because there okay. was two years between the movie and the show. So 6, 7, 11. Yeah, it was, it was three years on the show and then one yeah. year for the movie. So And, and forgive me because, again, I'm 90,000 years old. Yeah. So I wasn't the demographic yeah, exactly. watching your show at the time. Like, how big did you guys get? Like, how big did it feel? Again, like, there's nothing to compare it to when you're nine years old. Well, we went to the Kids' Choice Awards and that oh, was so basically. That, the biggest as that, big as that was I mean that really was and, and I almost feel like really lucky that at, at each stage in my career I feel like I've gotten to do the things that are the coolest for me right now like like as a kid it, the coolest things were Kids Choice Awards and you know um, Drake and Josh and right. you know that and then to follow Drake and Josh and then to, you know my brother was nominated for Kids Choice Award we performed at the Kids Choice Awards like Rihanna put her hand in my hair and called me a cutie like I remember being like well this is it doesn't get better than this <laughs> I have peaked at nine. exactly <laughs> story of my life you have no idea but then. Like now, you know, the coolest thing is like A24 and like, yes. you know, uh, uh, movies like Dahmer and, yeah. and, you know, Patriot's Day and Peter Berg. And those are like the coolest things. And then to be a part of that, it's just I feel like it's going to keep, you know, yeah. evolving or to, I'll like die no. tomorrow and nothing will you <laughs> Got to set new, uh, but, new, uh, new goals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the big transition from 11 to 12, which is, by the way, one of the first time that that discussions happened on this podcast in 250 episodes. Probably ever. ever. I don't think anyone talks about that. <laughs> You're uncovering uh, controversial subjects. Um, but then, so after in treatment, in the years between that and and Dahmer and Patriot's Day and Jumanji, where you, how big a priority is acting and music then? Like, are you just being a kid or are you like... No, it was a big priority. It's just no one wanted to, no one wants to hire you when you were that age. And right. nobody tells you that. And I'm here, hopefully, some 13-year-old, 14-year-olds. It is impossible to... And I did two movies. I did Hairbrain and I did A Birder's Guide to Everything. Also, movies I'm proud of. I mean, yeah. um... Uh, Particularly, Birder's Guide to Everything was like a. I was. It was a, one of the most amazing experiences of my life, and I did it when I was fourteen, and it was a bunch of fourteen, fifteen-year-olds, and it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Right. But um, I mean, 
it's really difficult to get work from literally the time of like 14 to or 13 to 16. Like what kind of stuff are you you. going up for? Is it like going for everything? And, and it's really hard to get it because you're at a weird age and they want either a legal 18 or they want a little kid and you have pimples and you have a big, you know, nose and you're like, you know, you're trying to grow out of this thing and it's just painful, painful period. And you start to question yourself and you know, I slowly but surely was doing more and more auditioning and getting better. And I started writing Cat in the Moon when I was about 15 because I was going out with all my friends and it was beginning of high school. Yeah. And it was this very interesting time in New York. You know, we're talking about growing up in New York and that was really exhilarating. So while I wasn't getting work when I was like 15 and 16 or something, I was writing the script and I started making these shorts and really kind of getting my beak wet with directing and whatever. And then 16 hit um, and I got this movie coming to the rye. And from there it sort of started to become kind of constant. It was coming to the rye and then it was big fat Greek winning too. And then it was Patriot's day. And then that was a whole new thing and house tomorrow and Dahmer and Jumanji. And then it started to just become this thing. And now I'm here, but it, 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 you know, it wasn't, and then, and then through all that, I was developing the script of cat in the moon. I was getting it off the ground. I was figuring out what I was going to do. And then I just, made it, you know, it's kind of ago. a, I mean, whether it's luck or some inherent, you know, self-preservation, the fact that you kind of like channeled, you know, constant rejection at 15, <laughs> you yeah. know, which is like the worst time I can think oh, of yeah. to be constantly rejected. Like I was oh, a yeah. mess at 15 anyway, of course. going on dozens of auditions and being told, yeah, but your voice is changing and you're yeah, fat. Absolutely. And like, exactly. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, it's so, Brutal. so, so kudos to you for like being like, you know, I'm going to go hide in my room and write for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, so, and that must be fascinating. So you, you, you mentioned this film that you've been writing for a while and that you've shot and that you've now picture locked uh amazing and like that you started i mean this is like super bad all over again you hear the stories about those guys right. they started writing it when they were like 12 or something yeah yeah totally um, so you've been working on this since you were you were a different guy 15 you were yeah. 15 uh now you're 20 um what how did that project morph or change how is it different than yeah. it started i was or? talking to someone about that honestly the characters changed uh, i mean you couldn't even of course they changed um the dialogue changed and everything, but I was interesting. I was talking with the cast about this like the other night because I was hanging out with a lot of them, and I was like, "Wow, you know, when I look back at the original draft, the actual order of the scenes are almost identical. You know, there's a few scenes different, right? You know, a few things that happen, and the dialogue's completely different. So the and structure's the, yeah, there, but like but the, the structure actual, was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of in the original format. You know, it was always kind of there, and and and. Uh, it's interesting how I, I, it's important not to get rid of the magic that comes out of you in the first draft, but it is also important to not make a movie that you wrote when you were 15. And so it really did change a lot. I mean, it's, you can't even compare it almost, but just scene order wise, it's interesting how he goes here. He does this, all the plot points are very similar. It just, um, just got a lot more mature. I got more perspective on the characters, you know? I'm sure. But it's good to not get rid of everything that you wrote when you were sort of in the midst of it because I was writing what I was seeing around me. It's a fever pitch of like experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of take a step back. So did you have the... I mean, you know, for any first time filmmaker and you'd done some shorts, but like doing a feature, a different ball of wax. Yeah. And you're probably 19 at the time when you're on set or something. Yeah. Did you have like the respect of the crew? Did you with these friends? Like, was it, did it I feel like you it. were? I mean, yeah. honestly, it's, 
you have more respect than you do as a young actor. I mean, it's like, it's more their job to respect you a little bit. But honestly, I mean, they came on, uh, I would have, I expected everybody to just be like, well, fuck this kid. You know, like I kind of had that more in my head. And so I was kind of like, well, I got to prove myself and just be so respectful of everybody. And I mean, I felt lucky because people were like, you know, when you're making a short, especially when you make it for no money, the way I did all my shorts, um, you're like, surprised if you can make anything work and then like people are coming up to you they're like do you like a burnt orange or like a peach orange and i'm like oh my god it doesn't matter like that's amazing yeah exactly you're just blown away that people care enough to do that like it's just you know i'm like 20 i'm making my film i don't care at all like that's awesome like and then and you guys just find a balance i mean you start to figure it out and then you start to assume your position and you start to come in and 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 you realize it's your job to be whatever but i think it's important to just not think about how old they are how old you are and not think about your position versus their position you're all there together you're all working the same hours you're all doing this thing and you just want to make the movie so if you just focus every day on just the creative element of it things seem to fall in place are you, are you at the point now having recently like picture locked do you love it do you hate it are you sick of it are you like <laughs> just like want to get it out beyond the edit room like, <laughs> like what's where's your head at right now it just depends on the day <laughs> i mean there are things that i really wish i could have done differently yeah. um very small things but for the most part it is way better than i thought it was going to be and everybody is amazing in it like they really are like mike epps um, gives an unbelievable dramatic performance. He's just unbelievable. And most people know him for being really funny sure. and being this hilarious, crazy comedian. Yeah. And, um, and that brought a lot to it anyway, but, uh, uh, no one has seen a lot of the work that I'd seen, like a movie like Sparkle or like mm-hmm. Bessie. He was unbelievably dramatic in those movies. And that was all I'd seen him do. I hadn't seen him do stand up. I just saw those two movies and I was like, that guy is the shit. And like, I need to get him in my movie. And then like Stefania Owen is just an unbelievable actress and, uh, who's going to be in beach bums and, and all these different oh, things. Right, right. And Skylar Gisondo and Tommy Nelson. And just, I just got so lucky with this, this cast. It's nice. just unbelievable. So, yeah. So, so give me a sense where you're at. So you, you've, you're done with that for now. Um, the buzz off of hereditary has to be a nice boon for the career. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jumanji alone would have been nice, but mm-hmm. it's like Jumanji is a different kind of thing. I mm-hmm. mean, that's seen by everybody, but it's, and, and it, you know, you being in a billion dollar movie has its advantages, but I would say arguably probably this kind of role in hereditary is more even impactful for the career, even than Jumanji, yeah. right? Are you already seeing sort of like a difference in kind of being up for different kind of things and, and just sort yeah. of the discussions are a little more interesting? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, like people, really cool people know who I am right. from this movie. And it's really rare that you get that where you're, you ripped your heart out for a movie. Um, you know, you were broken. You had no idea what you did. I almost blacked out that whole movie because <laughs> I just, you know, gave everything I had and whatever happened, I was like, I don't know. Like people would ask how it go, how to win. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, it was such an emotional thing, but then to then have like Barry Jenkins being like, you know, it's great. And, and, you know, directors contacting me that performance is really good and stuff. And so now it's it, the only real advantage is I don't have to, you know, just self tape as often. I can go in and meet right. a director and, um, yeah, you have a right to be at the party now. You're yeah, like, exactly. you're like, welcome to the table. It's not, not like you have to like, um, I'm totally, no, I'm, I'm in a real actor too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that, so that's really it. And I'm just getting to do stuff that I really have always wanted to do. And, um, and, and that's, 
really exciting. Like, was it? I mean, we were talking about Matt at the outset. Like, was it informative? Like, you know, because you know, I started talking two or three years ago, and like he had like a flush of like you know really cool, exciting opportunities that he's mm-hmm. been able to capitalize on. And I'm like trying to do the math of like where you were at then when like yeah. fault was happening, etc. Did, was is that informative for you as you kind of like embark on this kind of like next stage of a career and kind of yeah. make the right choices? I mean, there's certain things that Nat really can help me with by talking to me about it, but it, it's it's kind of its own thing. I mean, this movie's it, yeah. kind of um, a different thing than I've ever really experienced. Or I mean, it's been a crazy year. I mean, it's hard to. Uh, yeah, it's hard to just make it like a, what's that word? It's, there's a good word, quantitate. Quant- uh, quantify? Quanti- quantify. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to quantify how each thing, you know, yeah, uh, affects no or whatever. You know, there's no rule book, yeah, and yeah. it's totally different. And yeah. this has been a totally different experience because it's been so in the zeitgeist, and it's been so disturbing. And I think that in the past year, other, with the exception of Jumanji, I've done so many disturbing things that I think... Nat has not known what to tell me about like well I don't know what to do when you do like this fucking all this really really dark shit like I'm not sure exactly what right. to tell you but right. um, but I think uh, he's been helpful and just I, I think he's just very helpful just as an actor and as a fr- as a friend as my brother yeah. you know that's what he helps me the most is just emotionally when I was having a hard time he can just yeah. be there you know that's the best thing um, but it's all it's just different it's just it's crazy you know friends and you feel it's kind of isolating being in a experience like this actually what's the uh who, who are the directors you're obsessed with right now like are there is there do you keep like the running list of, oh like, yeah of course well i mean pta is always the guy yeah paul thomas anderson's always he's the guy <laughs> um he's amazing robert eggers is amazing yeah um, the witch was he's great yeah, yeah. uh Basically, Ari's a genius. Anyone that A24 works with, basically, yeah, just get exactly. in like that, that group text with <laughs> yeah. whatever director list they've got going. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of like, because there's been so many amazing guys who have come out. Well, what genre? You know, because oh, I I don't know. I mean, so it sounds like, like yeah, where are your sensibilities genre wise? Are they all over the place? All over the place. Yeah. I just love really good movies. I see like, everything. I mean, I, I'm like a movie buff, so yeah. I see everybody. I mean, because like, I noticed, like, I think you like Instagram or something, like a thing about Tom Cruise the other day. Yeah, I oh, love Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the best. Tom Cruise is the top five actors of all time. Yeah. He's I'm going like, off to see uh, a uh, mission next week. Of course. And they're doing, I love it also because, like, it's amazing. Ulterior motive is like they, they do the uh, premiere. In, so I've been to Dubai for a Mission Impossible movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was the last one? Oh, Vienna. And I'm going to Paris next week. Oh, my God. Um, and yeah, there's not those movies. Movies are like my jam. They're like my favorite franchise going. Yeah, they're amazing. I mean, they're amazing, and I love him in those movies. But I really do want him to do like more Magnolias and and, and I love Tom Cruise and I love him in the action movies and I respect his career choices. It's like I get it. I'm, I'm not you fighting 110%. him. One hundred and ten percent. But uh, that guy as an actor is Magnolia really is one of the best. Magnolia, Jerry Maguire, <laughs> Rain Man, um, Risky Business. He does not get his due as an actor because of Scientology and because of all these different yeah. things. The same thing with like someone like Kanye does not get the you know because of everything's going on with him politically like these people are the geniuses yeah. of our generation and you know I was kind of bummed that because there was rumors that uh, Tom was going to be in the uh, Tarantino movie uh, <gasps> yeah he, but he's not going to do it well I, I don't know if it was Tarantino's call or not so he's doing you know it's, it's Brad Pitt and Leonardo so I think he was the Brad Pitt part I don't know if it was Tom's call or 
Well, I love both. They're both oh, great. Yeah, I mean, please. But like, I, I think Tom, Tom doesn't need anything, but I would love to see Tom Me like too. in the hands of someone like Tarantino yeah, or PTA real movie. again. Yeah. 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 Um, who else? Who's the, uh, have you, who's the actor you've worked with that's kind of influenced you the most or blown you away the most so far? Yeah, probably Gabriel yeah. or, um, or Chris Cooper um, was super unbelievable for me. Um, he's one Millie. of those guys we were talking about like, uh, authenticity, like oh Cooper, like doesn't, there's no false. He's just move. unbelievable. He's just, he's, just, he's he one is. of the best. Yeah. He's just unbelievable. He played Salinger in this movie coming through the Ryan. He was right. just, he was unbelievable. Um, I was inspired by all my, the cast in my movie. I was super yeah. inspired by Yeah, Millie. I would have to say, I, I yeah, hadn't seen her off screen. Like I saw her in an interview with you and yeah. I was like, Oh, this is like an amazing performance. Yo, like, yeah. She's, like she's, she's the sweetest. Just so like, I mean, and she's so fun. We're just bet like we're best friends. I, yeah. lo I love her so much. Like, um, awesome. do you enjoy auditioning? No, it's awful. <laughs> it's gonna... awful. I honestly, I've grown to like it a little more. And when you get in the room with the director, it's fun to audition. Yeah. I like the pressure, and I like it's the same thing with like theater. I like the pressure of of there being stakes because it's very easy to be sitting in a trailer sleeping and then going out and having to do an emotional scene. Right. There's no stakes and it just feels like, what am I doing? You know, it doesn't feel like I, I like their stakes of the, just being there and you got to do it once and you don't have the job and you got to fight for it. I like that hunger and whatever. But when you're just going in for just like a casting director or a casting associate, it really can be hard. And especially when it's something that you're doing it for the bills or you're doing it because you right. want to keep working and it can be tough. And so just, just do it. Like anybody who's listening, just like, just, just do it. And, and, and you, there are fun things you can do with every single thing. Like I did a scene from sisterhood of the traveling pants recently in an acting class. And it was really important for me to do that. It was very exciting actually. Amazing. Yeah. Which part did you play? Was it one of the sisters? It was one of the guys. Okay. No, it was checking. one of the guys who are written so underwritten. It's hilarious. I mean, they come in and they have like nine lines, but right. I did like an Irish accent and I was doing like, we're just doing it. It was really fun to do that. Awesome. Like, yeah, it was cool. What is, um, I was saying my love for mission. Is there a franchise that you love right now? Like what's your, we talk, we talked about being the PTAs. Okay. What's the what's franchise your, now? Yeah. What's, what are you doing? Are you a star Wars guy? Are you a Harry Potter? I'm a Harry Potter Fantastic guy. P I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, the before trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> count. I, I'm a star Wars guy too. <laughs> yeah. Love star Wars. Um, Oh, you know what? This is going to be bad. I'm oh, this, it. this kind of, I'm going to lose all respect. And I, by I the way, Dune. I stand, we, we started there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you do love Dune, but this is worse than Dune. I okay. promise. And I love them and I'll stand by them. I love the Final Destination movies. And I just watched every single one of them in a row with all my friends and I love them. I love them. I know them. people that love them. I I've heard you're not the alone. Okay. Really? No, I, I like I you feel love alone? them. I feel alone. <laughs> I, I love it with friends. I mean, of course. It's probably a good group experience. It's the best group experience. Right. And there's no movie that you can put on that everybody has fun. I mean, you watch a dude just like arms get cut off. You just start laughing. Right. I mean, I love those movies. And like it's, some are worse than others, but like some are like really good, <laughs> just classic, gory fun. And I, and I love them. Well, as your uh, new advisor agent, I'm, I, don't take the Final Destination movie. Do do the Harry Potter movie. I'll never do the Final Destination, <laughs> but I will watch them to the day I die on a roller coaster. <laughs> what the <laughs> irony. <laughs> Have they done that in a Final Destination movie? Yeah. Someone watching a Final Destination movie on a roller coaster? No, that would be awesome. I mean, Someone watching Final Destination 3. <laughs> it's too meta for those films. Yeah. 
Um, amazing. Uh, it's been good to get to know you today, man. Yeah, Escaping man, the fun. heat a little bit. It's a yeah. good thing. Um, <laughs> everybody should check out Hereditary. If I haven't tattooed it enough on this podcast, you know I'm obsessed. It's it's one of the best of the year. It's going to be in my top ten, definitely. Um, and and congratulations on all the success, man. I'm excited to see the first uh, directing effort. I assume you're going to try and do the festival kind of thing yeah, with that. Yeah, totally. Nice. Keep me posted. Um, 100%. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, let's tell uh, you're the first wolf on the podcast. Suck it, Nat. Yeah, good. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 